0: And that's his mean statement. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For. That's his reason. It is the power of God. Unto salvation. And then the other reason comes in verse 17. With another for. For. Therein is. The righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith. And then verse 18. Another big reason why he is not. Ashamed of the gospel. For. Excuse me. For the wrath of God is revealed. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. One year ago, this very month, I had an invitation to preach in one of our churches in Northern Ireland. It is called Macrofelt, Free Presbyterian Church. The present minister is the Reverend Ryan McKee. The founding minister was the Reverend William McRae. And from that church, our brother, the Reverend Andrew Simpson, has come out to British Columbia to minister in Prince George. Now, as you will hear in the message today, uh, this has been a very supportive congregation and has been an encouragement to me and my wife as we launched out to come to British Columbia to preach the gospel uh, all those years ago. And we're very thankful for the fellowship that remains and for the opportunity to preach. Now, I was asked to preach on the subject of evangelism. And in this message, we're going to be looking at the equipment, being equipped to evangelize. And I took Romans chapter 1, verses 16, 17, 18, and uh, sought to expand and expound on that. Now, you will hear... In this, that salvation is a very clear matter for the Christian. Uh, If you take the Bible as it is recorded, if you come by faith and repent of all sin, there is full acceptance with God. And that really is the burden of the message today, that a sinner can have absolute assurance that we are accepted with God now, today, right at this point. We don't have to wait until we die. We don't have to wait until we stand before the judgment day. But because of what the gospel does for a sinner's soul, we have this wonderful, blessed assurance. Now, I'll give you one verse to back this up. It's Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace is now, and you're going to hear much on that in this message. So may it be a blessing to your soul, and may it equip you to become an evangelist, because there is a very needy, lost world all around us. And this week already I've been preaching on the, the wrath of God upon the wicked. Hellfire is eternal, and so we need the tools for evangelism. And we need to pray that God will make every one of us evangelists to the souls of men, women, and children in this lost world. And so uh, I trust that you're in a church where that is preaching the gospel, telling forth the good news of salvation, and that you can be part of that ministry. You can encourage others to come along, bring them in, pray for them, and be a part of the whole arena of redemption where souls are brought under the the good news that Jesus saves and brought into a blessed fellowship with God through the gospel, through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as 1 John 1, 7 says that... uh, we have fellowship one with another through the cleansing blood of Jesus. And so, stay tuned as we come now to the message from the pulpit of our church on Romans 1 16 to 18, evangelism. God, for this marvelous providence of coming back here to Macrofelt to speak on this subject of evangelism. 38 years ago, this very month, Beulah and I set out to Vancouver. And this church, there were many of God's people who supported and prayed for us. And over the years, that seed has been sown. And I praise God that there has been something of a testimony raised for the Lord. Now, Paul the Apostle said that he was a debtor To the souls of men. I think I can say tonight that I feel something of that burden. To reach the lost with this glorious gospel that has come into our lives. And I can say with good confidence. That there is a great array of people in this meeting tonight. In this congregation. Some may be listening online also who also have a very strong burden to reach lost souls with the gospel. And one of the greatest griefs and sorrows of your daily life as a Christian is that you haven't done so, or that you have not done it well, or that you feel there is no fruit, or you have lost sight of what God can do. And as I said earlier, we all... Struggle when it comes to sitting down with some soul and talking to them about our Savior. Some seem to have a gift, others not so much. But it is a passion that is in every heart of born again, blood washed saints. Now, there are different methods of evangelism, God is sovereign. He is like the wind. We cannot tell whence he cometh nor whither he goeth. There are times when there is little progress. Other times of sudden advance. Times when God works in spite of his church. And in spite of the failures of his people. And suddenly the wind of God moves. And through the preaching of the gospel. Souls are yearning to know the way. ...of eternal life. I hope that's you tonight. That you are yearning to know the way. And that others here... ...are yearning to be equipped... ...to show you the way. That's our task... ...through this very week. Let's begin with the three B's... ...of a soul winner. There is firstly the burden. Paul said, I am a debtor. He owed men the gospel... It's like you carrying in your wallet a hundred pound banknote. And every time you see that person that you ought to pay that back, you feel that you're a debtor, that you owe that person to go to them and give that to them. That's how Paul was burdened. The second B is that we need to be broken. There is no place here for pride or harshness or hardness. We will never win precious souls through bitterness or scolding or abusing. We need the compassion of the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to say before you tonight, my heart is too hardened to be an effective soul winner. Do we pray with tears? When we talk to people, is there a tone of our deep concern for their welfare? The third B is boldness. Now, when the Lord tenderizes our hearts and gives us his compassion, there's still the need to step forward and speak and present the gospel to that lost soul. We read through the book of Acts and we see tremendous boldness. Indeed, every time that they were opposed, they went to prayer and they went back with greater boldness. There was no lack of Ability to stand up and speak out for the Lord Jesus. In this chapter we read tonight in Romans 1, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I think here is the secret of it all. In every believer's heart, a born-again believer, saved by grace, indwelt by the Holy Spirit a true Christian, there is that little bit of shame. There's this sense of what will that person think of me? How will I stand in public and do this or go in private to an individual that I know so well and talk to him earnestly with the gospel? There had to be some reason that Paul said this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. There had to be some undercurrent, even in his own heart, that he boldly proclaimed that because he was a debtor and he was burdened and broken, but in the area of boldness, there was this little bit of shame. And it's really the flesh in each of us, because we're not yet in heaven. We're not yet glorified. And there is in your nature just that guarding and protecting of your own name, your own reputation, your upright standing in society or the community. And all of this builds into a reluctance, inactivity. I don't do it. And I include myself in that. Isn't that horrible and terrible? I've been preaching for not quite 50 years, but it's getting close. I've been sharing the gospel from one of my earliest days as a new convert. And yet in me tonight, there is that little bit of hesitation. Should I or should I not step forward and present that person the gospel? And that really is our big problem. Now, in this message tonight, we want to see Paul's three reasons that he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Every preacher needs three points. And they're right here before us in verse 16. 17 and 18. Now the main argument is verse 16a, that first line. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Colon, those two little dots, one on top of the other. And that's his main statement. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For, that's his reason. It is the power of God unto salvation. And then the other reason comes in verse 17 with another for. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And then verse 18, another big reason why he is not ashamed of the gospel. For, (coughs) excuse me, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. If there was no hell, no judgment, no wrath of a holy God, evangelism would be moot, M-O-O-T, moot, and we would be rightfully mute, M-U-T-E. We would have no reason to say anything at all, to go and warn everybody, anybody about their soul and call them to faith in the Lord Jesus if there was no wrath. And so these are the Apostle's three big reasons, and I want us to look at them tonight. The first one is the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the thrust of the statement is it's the only instrument that God will ever use to deliver a sinner from the broad road to destruction. It's the only gospel. There is no other way. There is no other Remedy to the lost condition to deliver men from God's wrath. Now, the power of it is all wrapped up in our Lord Jesus, in His incarnation. He's God in the flesh. He was sinless. He lived in this world for 33 years, did no sin. None could find fault in Him. We have a sinless Savior. Now, you bring forward now your alternative. Who do you think of in the realm of world history that was sinless? Now, there are many philosophies and religions, but there's only one religion whose founder is God in the flesh and without sin. That's the power that is in the Lord Jesus. And then, of course, the power of the cross. That would take a week of sermons on its own. We boast in nothing else but the cross. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross. Because what happened at the cross was the very fulfillment of the plan of God to buy a sinner out of his guilt, out of his sinfulness, and bring that person one day to glory And present that sinner to the Father without spot, without stain. That's the gospel. And it is the power of God unto salvation. But it took God in the flesh. It took a sinless Savior to suffer on a cruel tree. And to accept the worst that man could do. And also bear the wrath of God upon his soul. On that cross. And Paul says I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Paul himself, of course, was an example of the power of the gospel. What a change in his life. And you're here tonight and you have your testimony of saving power. Saving power. And I thank God tonight that there were Christians who didn't keep silent, but they preached the gospel to me. I'm I'm delighted in that. And that's the great need of the hour. We cannot be silent. You remember the leper who was healed and he was told not to say a word. But he couldn't be silent. He just went about telling everybody, the Lord has healed me. That's evangelism. It ought to be the automatic, zealous, inner desire of a child of God who's rejoicing in the knowledge of sins forgiven and of a new life in Christ Jesus. It becomes our joy expression. We can't hide it. You can't hide your evangelism. I don't know what I'm even doing here tonight to tell you about something that Christians shouldn't be able to hide. It ought to be the most obvious thing about you And that's why people come up and ask you, are you a Christian? That's actually a wonderful day when that happens. I I, I take encouragement when that happens. I don't know what they might see. I don't know what makes people begin to observe or what they find or discover. And so we're all in this together tonight, in this struggle to evangelize a lost world. And let me say, you will be a miserable Christian if you don't get involved in some way. I don't expect... Some grandmother who is rather immobile to be going around doors. I don't expect someone with various limitations doing those walking and steps and driveways and all that. Or standing in the street corner in all weathers. There are many methods of evangelism. But the burden, the burden will be there. Is it your burden tonight? Is it really your burden? Or is there that little bit of reluctance? Shame, I don't want to make a fool of myself. Now, no Christian wants to be a fool. My wife keeps telling me to stop being a fool. Everybody should be sensible and and, and wise, and the Christian more so. And when we are dealing with the ungodly, we do need to be wise. Wise with our words, wise with our testimony. We'll get into some of that later in the week. Let's move to the second reason why Paul was not ashamed of this gospel, He said in verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Do you know that it's most likely that your neighbor hasn't a clue about imputed righteousness? There's people going to church all their lives, and they don't know the difference between self-righteousness and God's righteousness. That's where evangelism is so vital In every generation, and every area of the world. Because sinners need to know this truth, this revelation. You'll notice that this is a revealed gospel. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. You're not going to learn this in the bottom rung of the the, uh, bookshelves in the library. You're not going to get this in the great universities of the world. You're going to get this in the Bible. God has revealed the way by which he makes a rotten, sinful person to be holy in God's sight. And of course, it's really all about surrendering every attempt to try and save yourself, to make yourself good enough that you might depend totally on the righteousness of God. I don't have time to preach all this about righteousness, but it's thrilling. The Bible describes it as a robe that our Lord Jesus weaved in his 33 years of perfect living. He not only did no sin, but he fulfilled the law perfectly. And his obedience, all the value of it, all the merits of his goodness, and I'm using these various synonyms to help us, all the goodness that our Lord Jesus performed each and every hour of each and every day of his life, that is a great weaving of a robe. And that robe is presented to the sinner who has to renounce his own self-righteousness. The Bible calls them filthy rags. And then as Paul says here, it's received by faith alone. It's received by faith alone. No works, no religion. It is simply you calling out in faith and saying, Lord, I know that you died on the cross for me. I know that you lived for me and I have earned a righteousness that you will give me and I take it. listening to let the bible speak and that was macrofelt free presbyterian church singing jehovah said can you and the message was preached in that church 1 year ago at a special conference on evangelism speaking of tools for evangelism i want to recommend this little booklet a new beginning and when you need help to Present the gospel, whether you just learn it from the book or you give it out to people and share it with them, maybe in a group study or one-to-one, going through the headings here, How God Sees Men, that we are all sinners before him and that religion cannot save us. Then the next main section is on God's Way of Salvation. And that is all laid out in headings with Bible verses underneath. And then the question, how may you receive Christ as your Savior? And again, these are headings, pointers with Bible verses all laid out, leading in the final section to assurance of salvation. Now, I'll be happy to send a free copy to anyone, but uh, we also would send a uh, package of 10 copies of A New Beginning for $25 in the mail. Just send, give me a phone call, send me an email requesting either a single copy of A New Beginning for free or 10 copies for $25. And I assure you, this will be a very helpful tool in your evangelistic effort. Even you just give it to a person, Let them read it for a few days or a week, and then ask them later, how did that go? What did you think of it? Did you find anything there that you maybe have questions about? And it opens the door. It gives you a tool to evangelize. A new beginning, free of charge for one copy, 10 copies for $25, and we look forward to hearing from you. This is Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining with us today on Let the Bible Speak.
1: You can contact us using our office number, which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel